Hallo Douglas. Oh, let's do it. Ja? I like to flossy. I am an Aussie living in Vancouver, baby. Say, oh, yeah. It was very much too hot with the kangaroo. So what did I do? I went to Vancouver. Oh, yeah. And I made that comedy side, guys. Oh, yeah. Comedy side, guys. Comedy side, guys. Oh, yes. Comedy side, guys. Go dance. Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandalay with another. I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and talk to me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9 here for the first 30 minutes of the show. Best Vancouver comedian of 2016, comedian to watch in 2018. Will 2019 be as full of accolades for King Ed Hill? Let's find out. How's it going, Ed? Good. Probably not. That's the answer. All right. What was that? I don't know. I just have this internal sense of shame. That Maybe this probably the, peaked. Probably this is peaked the year long you time finally ago. get your ego. <laughs> this is this year I finally feel confident about who I am as a person. Yeah. Oh no no egot. Oh uh, egot. The, uh, the What's egot? Emmy Grammy Oscar Tony. Yeah, I don't think we have any uh, of that. Who are who are all the egots? There's like four or five of them. I know Whoopi Goldberg is one. Whoopi Goldberg has a. I don't think Steve Martin is one. She has a she yeah. has a Grammy. Yeah, yeah. The easiest way to get an egot is to be a composer. What does she compose? Uh, some kind of music soundtrack, I guess. Uh, Sister Act, I would say. That was her. She didn't just. Well, I don't know. Somebody else didn't come. She okay. is an egot, though. I'd look it up, but uh, right. then then we might lose some momentum. All this momentum we've got, you know. So you recently got back from a four show weekend. Uh, how did that go? It was good. Yeah, um, it was actually packed. I'm very surprised. Here, here's again my sense of shame. I thought nobody's coming out, and end up everybody came out to the shows. Um, and it was just one of the shows, especially and sadly early show, which I'm using it for my actual album, was just magic. It was just something in the room that you knew the energy was right. Everyone's on point, um, and it's rare to see that. I'm I'm very happy that I actually captured it. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that was uh, recording your album, Son of Smiley? Yeah. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Um, it's my third uh, full-length album. So um, I, my first one was called Canadian back in 2013. And in 2016, it's my second album called Weirdo Whisper. Um, so I did it in this way. My first album, I actually did it in Taipei, Taiwan, was born. And then that was more albums surrounded who I was as a person that immigrated to Canada um, and growing up as a bicultural child. And then Weirdo Whisper was about me being um, a young adult, you know, now having grow up with this bicultural lens. Now I feel like a weirdo, but then other weirdos are kind of talking to me because they can identify um, that strangeness. So I recorded that in Seattle, Washington, because that was my first city I went to when I went on the road that kind of accepted me, you know, as a comic. So then I thought for this one, Son of Smiley is really, 
I realized I had become my father. Like this whole time, I've been trying to be somebody else. And in the end, I realized I'm exactly like Smiley. I'm doing everything Smiley's doing. Um, so that's why he's called the son of Smiley. And they decided to bring it home because this is where so, so we found So your dad's me. name is Smiley? Yes. Is that uh, something he picked or was given to Oh, him? yeah. He definitely picked it. So my mom's name is Candy and his name, my dad's name is Smiley. So it's Candy and Smiley. Um, and they used to draw it and with um, paint pens on their suitcases. They're paranoid. They think people are going to steal their suitcase everywhere they go. So they would draw giant candy canes and smiley faces. And I have to go get it because I was the oldest son. And as, as the carousel comes around, the luggage comes, and people are like, is that guy candy or smiley? I'm like, neither. I'm just here to grab the suitcase and let's just go. And I just borrowed my dad's suitcase recently, actually, because he had a bigger one, and he drew Smiley and Candy all over again. So people didn't believe me, and I took a picture of it. And I'm like, this is why they tell you just, you know, borrow your parents' stuff. It's okay. It's not embarrassing. Well, my dad's name is David, so uh, it's a very different experience. I wish my dad's name was David. Uh, <laughs> so is is Ed uh, a chosen name or a given name? Um, well, my dad naming Edward, my brother Henry which yep. are just traditional British names. And then uh, I thought it was just, you know, regular. And then I Googled it. Apparently, they're brothers, and they're the only two homosexual kings in British history. So I don't even know. There you go. I don't even know what to think right now. The uh, reason, reason I asked that, we were talking about this the other day, is I went to a boarding school back in Australia. I was, mm-hmm. a, I was a day boy, so I lived in the city the boarding school was in. But we had a lot of uh, Asian immigrants in the boarding school, mm-hmm. and they would all pick names. And there was this sort of cadre of uh, Indonesian princes who just didn't give a shit about anything because it didn't matter, like, if they got in trouble or they did poorly at school because right. they were Indonesian princes. Yeah. And so they all had, like, fun names that they picked. One guy was called Usher and one guy was called Beer. Beer? Beer. Like yeah, and he used to sign beer? sign his name by drawing a big frothy tankard. Uh, I mean, yeah, at least it's cool. Right? Yeah. People like beer. But And then I thought, you never Smiling. hear of it happening the other way around. Like, I lived in Malaysia as a kid, and I didn't have to pick a Malaysian name. And is, no? it, is it just that, like, us white people are more sensitive and need to have, like, a special name? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's... <laughs> not, not to bring up race so early yeah. in the interview, but... <laughs> I mean, for... I know for names in Chinese characters, there's a special meaning to them, right? And a lot of people will go to specialists to pick names. So it's a little different because they, they believe um, that and my dad, my dad's actually a fortune teller too on the side. So um, he actually can pick out specific names. Your names actually determine who you are going to be in your personality and your fate to a certain point. Cool. So, yeah. So how many, you know, strokes are in, in your characters that you select, you know, the, the combination of the sounds and the meaning of the words actually makes a big difference. So, that's probably why, you know, very few people just pick a Chinese name because it's kind of difficult, right? You got to have. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you can, but you probably end up being this, you know, Chinese version of Smiley. It's like, oh, hey, my name is Smiley just in Chinese. That's great. So did he make a mistake or did he did he uh, think this is going to be great? Everyone's going to know that I'm Smiley. Or did he think that was the name? Yeah, he thought, you know, why? It's happy. That's his, I asked him. He's like, why did you pick Smiley? He's like, well, because it's happy. Everybody likes Smiley. Yeah. It's a good enough sure. reason. It's an interesting I'm sure name. everybody loves Smiley. And it came out a, a good album <laughs> the, name for the you. The plumbers though. never forget when they come to our place. He's like, yeah, that's Smiley. That's Smiley's house. How often are plumbers coming to Smiley's house? 
Not very often, but you know, they all often us. enough that, yeah. they, that they remember. Once is more than enough <laughs> with that name. So you have a podcast with the same name. Yeah, Son of Smiley. Yeah, what's the uh, podcast about? It's just the Adventures of Smiley. Um, I started the podcast mainly for me. This is how stupid I am. I was like, you know what? I need to remember all these stories. So it's, it's a podcast about 10 to 15 minutes every week. And I talk about, I give an update of my life. And I, get, I talk about a story either about me or between me and my dad or just my dad um, or, you know, other family members. Just I just needed a diary and a journal of, who, you know, my, my life because I was starting to forget some of these stories. And I'll remember them when I, you know, chat with family members. Like, I really don't want to forget these things. So I just started doing this podcast, you know, as a way for me to remember these moments in my life. So it's like a digital if memoir. People are going to pay attention to it. That's great. If not, I don't really care because it's really just for me. <laughs> uh, how successful has that project been? It's been pretty good, actually. Cool. People, uh, when I'm like a day late, I try to do it on Wednesdays. It used to be Tuesdays and it just didn't work out. Um, and then Wednesdays, now it's Wednesdays, I release it. And usually when it's like a day late, I get emails. They're like, where's today's story? I was looking forward to the story this week. Apparently, one time I told the story, and within the story, there's another story. I said, I'll tell the story later, and I didn't tell it. And some, a bunch of people complained. They're like, What the hell is that story going to tell? And I totally forgot. See, this is why I do it, because I'm like, I even forget the stories that I'm going to talk about. So, I'm, you know, helps me capture it. I think the right answer there is uh, Patreon bonus content. Yeah, but then again, you gotta do all that. It's so much work. Yeah, it is. It is. We do. We do. Uh, we do a lot of extra stuff here because you know we're trying to run a network out of here as yeah, well. This is why I'm poor, because I just don't want to monetize anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a nice thing. Uh, doing projects, not thinking about how to monetize them. I have that curse, and that every time I enjoy something, I think like, how can I make a buck out of this? Yeah. And I hate it. It's the way I've been conditioned to live. Well, it takes the joy out of things. Yeah, right. Exactly. You just start thinking about how can I, you know, make more people listen to it. How can I make it more interesting so people will listen to it more and pay more for it? Hmm. And it's just like, then why are you doing this in the beginning? It's not about you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'll definitely have to subscribe to that one. It sounds cool. I want to hear more about about Smiley. Sure. Uh, so, how long have you been doing that? Uh, the podcast or comedy in general. But let's go both. Uh, podcast, I think I'm on episode 124, so it's weekly. Let's do the math. Almost three years. Yeah. Is that right? It'd be two and a half. Yeah, because yeah. I've never taken a week two, off. Two weeks away from two and a half. Never taken a week off. No. That is very impressive. I know. Yeah. Uh, there are weeks I thought about just, let's just delete this whole thing together. I just, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's never like every, every morning. <laughs> I know, I know how that feels. Comedy-wise, uh, nine years. I've been doing this for nine. Yeah, cool. Going to ten. So you said that you did that uh, in Taiwan. The first album. Yeah. Yeah, the first album, Canadian. I recorded in Taipei, Taiwan. So w- had you already moved to Canada and then gone back? Yeah, that was my yeah. first time back. Well, of course. I mean, it's called Canadian, but yeah, yeah. Because I moved here when I was ten, so I went back for the very first time to do comedy when I was oh my. 20, 28, 29, 29. Yeah. All right. So a bit of time has passed. And it was, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. You know, to be telling jokes in a world where I used to belong in, but no longer. So it's kind of like I'm an outsider with insider knowledge when I did the album. So it's really, really strange. 
And there's a lot of uh, tones of that in Kamel Nanjiani's early sets. Yeah. I think as well. Did you do uh, live shows while you were in Taipei? Yeah. So um, I did a three-country tour. I went to Hong Kong, um, Taiwan, and also Singapore. So my, Taiwan was my last stop. So then I recorded the album there. I usually go back now once a year just to do like I just do the rounds. So this year, actually in the three weeks, I'll be in Singapore just for a week. Just at this time, I decided I'm just gonna do all Singapore. So I call it the Sing- simply Singapore tour because I'm lazy. That's it that's works. the reason. A bit it's of not, alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other reason other than I'm lazy. I don't want to travel anymore if I'm ready to go that far. Do you find the audiences over there different from here? Um, somewhat. I mean, not. People are people. That's, yeah. that's why I realize because I'm not a I'm not a political comic, so um, I talk about me. So it doesn't matter where I am, I'm gonna be who I am, right? So it really doesn't make a difference for me personally. So I, I'm sure the reference is gonna be different for some people because I mean they're only exposed, I think, to American culture um, starting from like the late '80s to early '90s. So if you reference something before that, they may or may not know, depending on where they grew up in. Um, I just remember it was a little while ago. I, I did a joke about, I think it was the Chia Pet and they yep. had no clue what the hell a Chia Pet was. And that was because that's before their time. Chia Pet was never on the American programming. I had a Chia Pet in Malaysia in 1995. Yeah. But I guess like, I guess, uh, I probably had been exposed to that already. Right. Yeah. Like it was, but did you get a Chia Pet? Somebody give it to you and you bought there? Oh, it was given to me. Yeah. So I had no agency to yeah. Uh, so there was, there's, I don't, I'm, I highly doubt it was being advertised yeah, on, right. their, on their television programming. Probably and it just, it literally market. got like no response. I was like, oh, you guys have no clue who, what Chia Pet is. Um, but they know like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They know, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah. So that's the only difference I see. Um, maybe some other differences would be, because I mean, comedy is new for them, right? So when I first started going there, I realized the crowds liked the more the easy jokes. Because I mean, they were not exposed to, you know, stand-up comedy in general. So the easy premises, they love it. But now, over the years, I realize they're getting smarter as an audience. They want something that's smarter, more intricate, more complicated, maybe more wordplay, um, you know, stuff like that. So that's why I realized. And it's, it's a good thing. It's a natural evolution of the art, right? The audience becomes acquainted to it, and they want something a little more complex. I never thought of stand-up as being uh, a new thing in other countries, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when you started, there just wasn't that much stand-up in... No. I mean, I think there was one club in Singapore, which wasn't even a dedicated club. Um, Hong Kong had a club that just started. There was one club in Taipei that did mostly improv. They do stand-up like once a week, like one show a week. It's interesting that improv kind of got there so early because I I see that as a, a much later thing for me. I mean, I didn't know about improv until I was already in my 20s because mm-hmm. i think improv is an art form that exists over there in yep. different other formats um they do have a form of stand-up it's like a two people thing they kind of talk to each other so more um, like which, vaudeville. yeah yeah so it's more like um it's more improv than than stand-up wise they they kind of they think the humor is in the misunderstanding between the two people like one person will say something the other person will like oh that, is that what you said and it's like no that's not what i said you know it's kind of like sort of like a like a who's on first yeah sort of thing cool does that have a name? I can check it out. Shang Shen. All right, I'll just yeah. type that in. 
<laughs> I don't know what's it called in English, but that's is, what it, it. is that with an X or an S? <laughs> Three X's. All right, triple cool. X. I'll just search triple X. Yeah, just search and, triple uh, X. That'll take you to the right place. I'm either going to get... It's uh, always the right place when you put triple X. <laughs> yeah, I just love Vin Diesel. Or whitehouse.com. That'll take you to the right place, too. <laughs> Is this something I don't know about, whitehouse.com? You never heard about this when you were a kid? No, I didn't. So as <laughs> in elementary school, we would try to get each... That's when the internet first came out. So we will always try to get each other to go on whitehouse.com because you think it's the government For the side. listener who hasn't seen you, you're absolutely ageless. I yeah. have no idea how old you <laughs> I'm are. I'm 35 years old. Okay. So um, it's <laughs> you think it's the American government, but it's not. It's a porn site. It's a hardcore porn site called whitehouse.com. It still is, yeah. All right. Don't don't look that one up. Um, <laughs> I think whitehouse.org is the actual okay, cool. government site. Do they do like uh, government-themed porn? I don't know. I didn't actually go on it. You you don't have to pretend here. <laughs> uh, so you're also somewhat known for your tweets, some of which have made it onto Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. My question is how how does that happen? Do they uh, do they contact you once the tweet starts hitting numbers, or is someone out trolling for specific jokes that work? I think on the they show? have writers curating the tweets, so it's right. like a specific hashtag you submit it type of thing. Yeah. And are you uh, credited when that happens? Yeah, they, they, they publish your name and your picture and stuff on the show. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, has that led to any, uh, any, any conversations about coming and doing a set? No. I, I don't think they're related. I think the writers and the, the talent uh, we'll, booker we'll, for we'll stand-up claim, is separate. <laughs> we'll claim this one for My, Michael Cox is the stand-up booker, and then uh, the writers are somebody else. All right, everyone. So. Mike, Michael Cox, stand-up booker for <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Yeah, so Fallon. if you want to tell Michael to pay attention to the tweets, maybe. Oh, I read you have a master's degree. I do, yeah. Does that make its way into your comedy? No, not at all. And what, can may I ask what it's in? It's in counseling psychology. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think maybe it's possible that that does make its way in in that in like understanding psychology or I guess it makes its way in that I phrase that question really weirdly, but I can talk to people like how counselors talk. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it gave me a basis analyzing of hu- your own brain. human knowledge. So now I can navigate among this world without looking like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Just maybe, w- maybe way, way, way human skin. Well, I did. I did start um, comedy when I was in grad school. So I guess that's the relationship between the two. Yeah, there you go. So the grad school was so boring. I decided I need to take my mind off it. It's essentially a comedy degree. Yeah. You also have a degree in a uh, concert piano. I do. Yeah. That's- got that when i was 16 do you so, ever perform uh i did my last performance was at Place Arts in coquillum so i i composed a piece after i got my degree and then um my professor at that time got me this gig performing for a what it's called master class i don't know what it's called anyways so i called the last time the piece. And I call it last time because I was telling myself this is the last time I'm going to play piano. I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> and then I did not know that the host of this master class was going to ask me why I named it last time. So when he asked me the question, I was like, well, I can't say I hate piano. <laughs> and this is why I named it. So I just made some bullshit answer, some weird philosophical answer to the point that the host was like, okay, I'm so sorry I asked you this question. Because obviously... <laughs> You have mental health issues. So and my dad was just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> don't, don't ask. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, lovely listeners. 
I'm Talia Murdoch and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. Uh, before the show, I, I asked Ed about a comedic influence to talk about today and he came back with Louis Anderson. So what does Louis Anderson mean to you? Louis is one of my mentors. So when I started comedy, I had the, um, the privilege and the honor of being one of his, I don't know what you call it, student prodigies. Um, I'm working with him. So he gave me a lot of pointers on my material as where to go um, with, you know, what I'm going to write, where, how to, you know, he didn't really tell me how to write jokes because he assumed I knew how to do that, but this is how to structure my material and what to focus on. And he invited me to Vegas. At that time, he had a theater in Vegas, so I opened for a few times. I opened for him on a few uh, road gigs. We actually, it's actually one of the biggest shows I've ever done. It was um, the Washington State Fair. He got me to open for him. And I was like, oh, it's a fair, so it's probably going to be like, what, you know, 200 people? And I walked on stage, like a stadium of 20,000 people. And there was two jumbotron screens next to me as I walked on stage. I'm like, okay, I'm underprepared for this. So, and they gave me my own trailer. I'm like, I feel so alone. So I literally just walked out and went to his trailer. I said, hey, you want to just chat before the show? Because I feel really weird being my own trailer. Just me with all the drinks and like there's a platter of food. And I'm like, this is not me. I'm just going to sit I don't belong here. Rolled up ham <laughs> yeah. and drink champagne. Yeah, I don't belong here. <laughs> so yeah, that's... Uh, that's really yeah, cool. Louis, yeah, Louis uh, is a great guy. Um, how were you first exposed to his work? Um, he talks a lot about his family. So that's when, and I just really enjoyed you know, his material about his family. He's so personal um, in his stuff. And it's just so natural the way he talks about things. That it's not like, like he's telling jokes, but it's not like he's telling jokes. So when I was talking to him, um, that's, that's why he told me. He's like, you, you know, you talk about your family. Because you and I have very similar, you know, backgrounds in the family um, realm. And you should focus people. Everybody has a family. If you talk about your family, other people will identify in some way. Write some jokes because stuff you have now sucks. I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure he said that. I don't remember, though. Oh, he said it was rigid. That's what he said. Stop uh, like being so w- Like wooden? Yeah, stop being so rigid. You sound like a robot. <laughs> Never forget that. I work for Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that wasn't my style. No, I was, I was way too rigid. Yeah, right. It's not like I'm reading a script. It was terrible. How did you get the privilege of uh, being mentored by him? I was down there for a workshop, and then uh, he was happened to be um, in the audience. And so I, I sat next to him. I wasn't. I didn't have any intention of you know trying to connect with him or you know trying to get things from him. I just sat next to him, and I was I was gonna go get some coffee at Starbucks. So it was like I just kind of leaned over it you know how anybody would be like, hey do you want anything and i kind of asked everybody at the table and that's how he remembered me he's like ed i always remembered you being you're very kind like you're the only person who asked me if i want anything nobody else would talk to me unless they want something so i was like okay cool i just i was just being nice but okay i guess that yeah. works out just be nice yeah be Some, nice get a sometimes. get a show in front of twenty thousand people <laughs> yeah in vegas i'm prepared <laughs> It's more than paid back. <laughs> did he did he uh, ask for anything when you asked him? No, he said it's fine. I don't want anything. Yeah. Cool. So it's the uh, the the cheapest favor, I guess, anyone's ever got there. Well, I think it's just the thought that counted, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I must admit that I'm not really 
that familiar with his work. Uh, when I looked him up, I realized where I did know him from, from pictures that he played uh, Churchill in Drunk History. Really? Yeah. And you never seen Life of Louis, the cartoon? No, I haven't. Uh, maybe I should. And I, I remember him from uh, Family Feud. Like everyone's like, oh, he's the guy from Family Feud before Steve Harvey. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, uh, well, he's now in Baskets, right? He plays um, Christine. Okay. We won an Emmy recently for it. So These are just all uh, names of shows that I had never heard of before uh, I did this research. Oh, okay. Uh, what's Baskets about? Um, it's so it was developed by Louis C.K. <laughs> and Zach Galifianakis, but Louis no longer involved with this project. So Galif- Galifianakis is the the main um, guy behind it now. So Zach is in the show too. So I think the show is about. I'm gonna give a quick synopsis. I might botch it. Um, Zach is a clown who went to clown college, and then in France, and he came back to America to live with his mom, which is Louis Anderson is his mom. And he has a twin brother who's very successful, um, who he plays both guys. So oh, it's it an animation? It's, no, it's real life. Oh, right. Yeah, so, okay. so it's this dramedy where he's a clown who's trying to be a clown in the United States. But, you know, no one likes traditionally trained clowns here. Everyone's terrified of clowns in North America. And then his brother's like making fun of him the whole time, this whole dynamic. And they go to church and stuff like that. Yeah. That sounds fun. Would, yeah. you, would you recommend the show? Yeah, it's funny. Cool. It's kind, uh, of, it's kind of a dark humor because, you know, it's about a sack clown. I found this uh, tidbit, and we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to because I didn't know you were so connected, about uh, when he was blackmailed. Do you know about this? The whole controversy about the – is it the, the some assault? I don't know. Uh, this guy, Richard John Gordon. Uh, do you want me to just read the – Is it uh, on Wikipedia? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I read that. I don't know anything about it. Just the, just the ending of it was, was cool. But it's, it's, so it says here, in 1997, Anderson was blackmailed by a band named uh, Richard John Gordon. Gordon demanded money from Anderson, threatening to reveal to tabloids that Anderson reportedly sexually propositioned him in a casino in 1993. Between 97 and 98, Anderson paid Gordon uh, 100 grand in hush money, fearing the story would threaten his starring roles in two family-oriented series. But when Gordon's demands increased to 250000 in 2000, Anderson's lawyer informed federal authorities. Gordon, who was 31 at the time, was arrested after leading FBI agents on a high-speed chase along Santa Monica Boulevard. Uh, so that sounds like a like a script to option. Oh, he's famous now. So. Yeah. Oh, which 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 uh, makes it sound like maybe there was no legs to stand on, really. But uh, who knows? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, I'm happy to cut that out if you don't want that in there. Or. Well, I don't know anything about it. So. Okay. Oh, I just say because you're uh, you're involved with uh, with Louis. Um, I didn't. Know. I'm not gonna extort him. I'm gonna tell you that. No, no. What? <laughs> I don't want to get chased by the FBI on Santa Monica Boulevard. <laughs> Could be fun though. You get get a few more uh, a few more hits on your podcast. Yeah. Vancouver podcaster in high speed. Episode one twenty five in prison. <laughs> Episode one twenty four live from from Big Sur. I'm driving hundred miles an hour. Yeah getting shot at and so what else are you working on right now um well the album is about to come out so i'm working on that the editing just finished so i'm um, hoping to figure out where we're going to distribute it so i'm talking to a few labels about it as to you know, if it's going to be a label release or a self-release like in the past and just uh, going back on tour working on new material stuff like that and um i got i got another project coming up 
in August, but I'm not allowed to say what it is because um, I haven't signed the papers yet. So well, something can, is coming. Where can people follow you to find out uh, what that'll be? On my website at kingedhill.com. Cool. Yeah. So I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. All right. But well, something's uh, coming in August. I know you're all anxious to hear about that. <laughs> but th- thanks so much for talking to me tonight, Ed. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can follow the Cave Goblin Network on all social media at Cave Goblins or check out what we're doing over on cavegoblins.com. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on iTunes or Podchaser. It's the best way you can help the show for free. If you're feeling a little more generous, head over to patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins for some exclusive content. I've been Doug Vandalay, and this has been Comedy Zeitgeist. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.